Hey guys, this is Amanda uh, here with Drinking on a Picnic Blanket for Funky Picnic. Um, we are super excited that we're doing a special podcast this week, um, starting off North Texas Beer Week. Um, we decided to bring in all the ladies and um, have some fun. So actually here today, I will let them each uh, introduce themselves um, and go into a little bit more about themselves. But I have Danny Oliver, uh, Betsy Good, and Sam Glenn. And so I will pass that over. Danny, how's it going? It's going good. So yeah, I'm Danny Oliver, owner and founder, head brewer of Island to Island Brewery, also the founder of Beers Given Campaign. And I work with these wonderful women here in North Texas uh, as part of Pink Boots um, because they wouldn't let me function without them in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm grateful for it, too. And we're so grateful for you. Yay. Betsy. And you were just nominated the co-chair of Pink Boots. And then right on top of that, what is your, your title with the National Pink Boots Society? So I'm supposed to be a board of directors come 2021, but apparently they treat me like I am now. So I have <laughs> no privileges. Um, but yeah, I'm co-chair of our local North uh, Texas chapter and soon to be one of the board of directors for the international um, overall chapter. Um, Pink Boots Society. Badass. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yay. Thank you. It's because of y'all. I voted for you. Yes. <laughs> um, I am Betsy Good. I am the head kombucha brewer at Four Corners. Um, I think it might be worth mentioning that Danny and I are, I think, the only two female head brewers that DFW has ever had. And if anybody can correct me, please do. I would love to know about her if there's somebody that I don't know about. But there are very few female brewers around. Yeah. yeah. And not nearly as many women in the industry, in the brewing industry, as there should be. So yeah, absolutely. We'll tell you more about Pink Boots, but first. And there have been some assistant brewers, and there are some currently, just yes. head brewers. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah absolutely. The, I think we have one. four total female brewers in DFW now, including Sandra at Panther Island, and Rayel at Community. Yeah. And, and as far as I know, that's it. Oh, Noelle is yeah, back helping out Armadillo as well. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. I look forward that's, to meeting her. That's up a lot from a few years ago. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And who yep. are you? I'm nobody. Hey, <laughs> that's not true. That's bull. That's not true. I'm Samantha Glenn, Sam Glenn, Samsonite, however you want to call me. Um, and I'm the owner of Funky Picnic, co owner. Uh, with Colin Sreet and you know I just I answer to everybody else that works here really even though I am the manager slash makes everything happen here <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> she's the doer of all the things the doer of because everything. all those people give me things to do and I try and make their lives easier that's that's how I see my role she does that for the entire industry in DFW, not just Funky Picnic. Oh, for sure. And she's honestly the best boss I've ever had. And if my current boss is watching this, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fire me, but she's better. <laughs> that's incredible. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yet she still left. I know. Just I'm kidding. sorry, but I still can, girl. <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, man, so... Y'all all do quite a few things. Um, tell me a little bit more about what started you into brewing, what started you into 
this industry. Um, I, I know we all kind of have a backstory with that and what kind of introduced us. So yeah, tell me a little bit more about that for each of you. Which way you want to go? go? Ahead. Yeah. Uh, so my entry point was actually my health and trying to find a more holistic way of living life. I wanted to live life on purpose mm -hmm. and um, I was sick. And I studied the American health system and learned all what was going on. And through my, my natural birthing experiences and changing my diet to a more natural, healthy way of living, I just happened to come upon fermentation through leaving my juices out mm -hmm. or bottling them and leaving them in the fridge way too long. And so I started to teach myself about the science behind what was going on with the liquids. And I eventually got into a homebrew shop, got my questions answered, tried a beer, in my underwear and realized <laughs> that this was way too much work to be done in a tiny apartment <laughs> yes. in Brooklyn, New York, and immediately wrote a business plan on how to uh, expand into making it a business that yeah. focused first on people's health and welcoming people in uh, because I recognize uh, bars and breweries as a place where they could be a space for people to heal as community as opposed to being exclusive. And I hadn't seen or experienced anything like that in the marketplace. And so I wanted to create that filler. Uh, and that's how I got to where I'm at now. That's awesome. Because you are, you're not a Texas native. Nope. You are a transplant, which yes. we're so happy to have you. <laughs> but yeah, so when, when did Island to Island start in Brooklyn? Uh, it started, so 2014, 2015. Mm -hmm. uh, 2014 is when I got the business plan start, uh, done, everything situated, and got my first pop-up. Mm -hmm. So we had an 8 by 8 in the middle of the winter. Uh, in Brooklyn, and people thought I was crazy. <laughs> uh, but I was serving juice and beer, and I was like, this is the concept, this is what we're going to do. And I found a space in 2015, um, mm -hmm. uh, got that portion of the business incorporated, and struggled for two years to get licensing. Yeah. Um, but all of that has been part of the journey. Absolutely. And how long have you been here in Texas? I've been here two years, and um, yeah, two years. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And they are, you guys are building down in Grandview. In Grandview. It's a grand view out there. Grandview. <laughs> yeah, we're in the middle of the country, an hour straight shot on uh, I-35 West. Awesome. Uh, and in the basic, basically the idea is that you get out of the city and you just come and you relax and you um, retreat mm -hmm. and you spend the day just unwinding with your either your corporate uh, co-workers or your family. It's just a way for people to unwind and keep their glass full yeah. at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Emotionally. Yes. As well Put as your, hands your in the actual dirt. glass. <laughs> Stare at the sun. I love it. Nice. And How about you, Betsy? I get to go check out your place on Saturday for the first time. Yay. She's having a big event that I'm sure we'll talk at you more about in a moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, my journey, gosh, I've been working in the service industry. My first service industry job was nearly 21 years ago. Mm. I am the single mom of an almost 13-year-old who's sitting across from me, <laughs> dancing. Dancing. <laughs> um, I Badly. worked as a bartender for over a decade, mm -hmm. and it, it started out, I had experience in the service industry. I liked working in restaurants. I started working in bars on the weekends to get myself through college and realized that I really loved the craft beer scene, especially in Texas. So in Texas, almost 10 years ago, it was probably nine years ago, it was kind of really just getting going. We're yeah. a little bit behind everybody else. We didn't have yeah. that many breweries. There were not a lot of craft breweries, mm -hmm. but I started getting to know the local scene and brewing uh, from behind the bar. 
and then I started homebrewing in a tiny apartment. <laughs> and it is a pain in the butt. I would rather <laughs> brew a thousand gallons any day than try to brew the one gallon system that I started on because yep. it's so much work for such a small amount of beer and bottling. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm spoiled now, but I loved it. I loved the concept of, of how it worked. My first beer was pretty bad. Um, it over fermented. It broke some bottles. It looked like the fruit ninja got at it, you know, it <laughs> but I, it taught me about how it was done and I got better and better. And eventually I was offered a position as an assistant brewer at a brewery where I was bartending mm -hmm. and I was so interested that I just kept asking questions. Every time the head brewer would come out, I had questions. And he asked, well, have you brewed before? I'm like, uh, yeah, but just in my apartment. And, and he said, yeah, well, one day we'll, we'll get you back there. And the second time he said that to me, my response was, what day, what time? And I was there as many times a week as they would let me. I didn't even know if they were gonna pay me, I didn't care. Yeah. I just, I loved it. And I've got a degree in science in nutrition and it just, it lends itself perfectly. I'm a chemistry nerd. Yeah. And I just, I never looked back. So I'm only, you know, three years in, but I, I love it. I found my place. Love it. Yeah. It's amazing when you find that space. Yeah. Ugh. I kind of combined all of my skills into, especially kombucha. Kombucha is an interesting animal. Yeah. No, it is for sure. I've done a couple little batches at home that have. <laughs> yeah. It's something else. I learn every single day. Yeah. Every day. And when Danny's got a lot of experience in kombucha, so mm -hmm. it's nice having a group like this where you can lean on ladies. Like I lean on her for information about fermenting kombucha. Just mm -hmm. earlier, Danny was talking to Sam and asking questions about licensing. Like we we are a group of experts. And if you don't know it, you can find somebody that can. So Absolutely. Pink Boots is awesome like that. That's so. awesome. Sam? Uh, I have the weird path in that I thought that Fort Worth needed uh, more places that combine food and beer uh, where it was actually made uh, before I ever brewed. So I actually thought, hey, this business should exist and if nobody else is doing it, what if we did it? And then realized that the laws in Texas sucked. And so uh, kind of yeah. put it on the back burner and then some, as some friends were starting to homebrew, they were like, you talked about this instead of starting a business first, you maybe want to see how beer is made and try this with us because we're trying it for the first time. And um, so it all started with a trip to San Francisco with some friends and uh, one of them did homebrew, but it was just, we went to a bunch, we love craft beer already. We went to a bunch of craft beer places and saw these brew pubs that had this combo of a smaller scale place that was a restaurant, but you could also see where the beer was made and it just made it a lot more approachable. Uh, whereas in Texas at that time, we still had the tour model where it was illegal for brew pubs to sell more than I think a thousand, it had a thousand barrel cap per year, which meant that as a brew pub model, you couldn't really grow. Um, and it restricted you to just being a restaurant that made beer uh, without actually growing that business. So it, it was a lot of money for mm -hmm. not being very lucrative in the long run. So uh, a lot of... An, people did not take that path. I think we had the Covey here um, and that was about it. And that also did not last, unfortunately. Yeah. And then um, you have the RARs and the, the Martin houses and such that had the tour model where you buy a glass and you um, get two beers for free because we, they could not legally sell you a beer. And it just was restrictive. 
Unless mm-hmm. you loved craft beer, do you really go in the middle of the summer in a hundred degree heat, stand in a hot warehouse um, just to get some beer? And then you also, I mean, it was usually three beers in a glass in a two hour period. Like that's a lot of beer. And at that time I was younger and I probably could do that. <laughs> now I'm like, eh, 10 ounces or two, like in a few hours, I'm good. Like <laughs> You should have seen me trying to get through tokens different days. It just doesn't work. It doesn't. And so many glasses. Yeah. yeah. I mean, man, all Lots the glasses. of glasses. But so rather than you had a very small group of people that loved that and loved that atmosphere. But in order for a craft beer to grow, I really saw it being more of that community brew pub, almost like mm-hmm. the German beer garden type thing where families could go to and things like that. And that being a little bit more approachable in a restaurant setting. So yeah. um, when my friends wanted to start homebrewing, I was all in, learned a bit, although they were the experts on the brewing part. And I still was like, okay, if we're going to do this business, all four of us don't need to be experts in the brewing. Somebody needs to learn some other things. So Mm -hmm. I volunteered at other breweries and I just tried to learn, met other owners and asked them, you know, questions. And he said, don't open a brewery. And I said, but would you, (laughs) like, would you give it up? Would you do it again? They were like, yes, no. Some of them may say differently now, but, (laughs) you know, it's, it's just kind of that thing and this great culture that I really wanted to be a part of. So uh, just kind of kept following that dream until it finally happened, but it probably took six or seven years. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it does. It It takes takes a a lot of time. Yeah. It's a lot of time. Yeah. Everyone wants to ask the question, so when are you opening? Like, uh. I'll let you know. I restricted yeah. myself. I did not ask. <laughs> we're open when we're open. We're open yeah. When putting, you find all the puzzle pieces. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're putting one foot in front of the other every single day. And, um, you know, you might receive a shipment of equipment that's all damaged. And then you, you can't. Yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. Oh, man. Well, and then I know, Sam, for this area in particular of South Maine, it was a nightmare for a lot of people getting open just because of building permits and new areas, and, like, that was a mess. Yeah, I think one of the common threads in this area was power. Yeah. Um, You had a lot of industrial buildings that didn't have the the power requirements, especially for a brewery required, Mm -hmm. and um, a lot of new power lines were bringing in, and Encore was backed up and also not very communicative, and uh, what I think it took four or five months from when we submitted when they'd originally said six weeks Mm -hmm. for us to get power and there's so many things you can't do. Do better. (laughs) (laughs) We believe in you. You can do better. (laughs) But yeah, like when you're trying to open something and even test out a brew system, like there's so many things you can't even test until you have power. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't know what's wrong and so then you finally get the power and then Mm -hmm. all of those other things have just stacked up. So once we got power, we found out that we needed some repairs on the brew system that we bought used, but that had mm-hmm. we could have been doing that if we knew that, but since we didn't until we had power, it just, all those things stack up, and yeah. you can't put one before the other, Yeah. Um, and so it's, that's kind of where you never know. Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, we're, you know, hoping for, or, you know, I just for a long time said 2019. Yeah, and we hit 2019. There you we go. <laughs> it could have been as early as March. It could have been as late as December. We hit 2019, so June 2019. We hit it. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit, and I mean, this can be for all of you. I know you can probably each speak a little differently to this, but um, how has Pink Boots Society been really 
just kind of instrumental in helping you along that path of, of getting where you wanted to go, continuing that. Um, were you were you a part of Pink Boots, Danny, up in Brooklyn, or was that something not you officially? Were here? Not officially. Yeah, not officially. Uh, I had a tumultuous past. Mm-hmm. with pink boots and um, so it wasn't on my radar at all mm-hmm. uh, and I could say that how it's been beneficial down here really had less to do with pink boots and more to do with the North Texas women yeah um, first off they're extremely diverse I've never seen this amount of diversity even coming from New York City and coming from a mixed heritage background mm-hmm. so one they're extremely diverse and not just diverse in culture but diverse in job titles You know, they're not the wife of a man. They're not the girlfriend of a dude. Uh, They're not, you know, the little old lady who works in the office. They're not the bartender, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's like the typical roles of women in this industry. It's either the wife of or spouse of, girlfriend of, or I just do this, you know? Mm -hmm. They are owners, they are brewers, they are saleswomen. I never met a saleswoman before in beer, before Mm -hmm. coming to Texas. Uh, they are QA, QC, they're scientists, they're production specialists, um, they are designers and marketers. They're so multifaceted from whether they own a brewery to they own a bar to they own a growler shop uh, or a restaurant brew pub. Mm-hmm. They're, they are diverse. And so the North Texas Women in Beer really attracted me to their Pink Boots group because I found a space where I could learn without my tits coming into the conversation. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it yeah. wasn't like, so you have a couple of beers and then it's like, oh, can I take you home? Are you married? It's like, <laughs> no, we're going to have a couple of beers and I'm we're going to so talk I'm so glad business. I never said that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize if I ever do. <laughs> well, actually, Sam, you did take me home yeah, a couple I did. of times. <laughs> um, and I'm about to get you home. Yeah, right. Um, but nice. it's, 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 we get down to business here, mm-hmm. you know, like Sam grew up on a farm, so I can talk to her and relate to her about living on a farm and, and horse blankets and, <laughs> horse blankets and, and you know, shoveling poop <laughs> yeah. and, 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 you know, cutting grain and, and, and working from, from the soil to the building. Uh, and that I've never had exposure to that level of women deeply embedded in the business side of right. beer before. Yeah. Before it was women who had hopes or dreams or you know who had been going through the process but had been so jaded or, or, or exhausted from all the isms, mm-hmm. especially in New York. Yeah. The isms are so prevalent, so heavy, that it just, it breaks you down. Yeah. And um, say what you want about Texas, but there's a lot more opportunity here in Texas um, for women in all areas. And besides, these women are badass, so tell them that there's no opportunity for them. <laughs> and watch them break kicking a wall. I was, That's right. I was working in the craft beer industry for about seven years before I ever met a female brewer. Mm-hmm. And the first two that I met weren't even in Texas. They were in Colorado. And I didn't know a lot of women in the industry other than, you know, uh, servers, bartenders, hostesses, which there's nothing wrong with those jobs. There's nothing wrong with those jobs. But those are generally, like, more entry-level jobs. Mm-hmm. And we find more women in those jobs and more men in the back of the house. And it took me a long time to find women. I actually stumbled upon a Pink Boots meeting. Were you there at the one at the, the Bearded Monk? 
It was a couple years ago. There was a meeting at the Bearded Monk, and I'd been told about pink boots but hadn't really followed up, and I just stumbled upon a meeting. I saw the pink boot on the table, and I was like, wait, I know who y'all are, <laughs> and sat down and had a conversation. I met Ara and Jennifer, uh, Jazz, I don't a think couple other people there. Um, but yeah, I just, I just happened upon them and signed up that night, paid my dues, showed up to the next meeting, and you know, comparatively to like, uh, we have the Texas Craft Guild in, in, uh, in the state of Texas and we have meetings once a month and they're fun. You get to meet people, you socialize, they feed you, there's always good beer, but that's just networking. And yeah. with Pink Boots, we've got a motherfucking agenda. Can mm, I say that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just Excuse can me. say whatever you want. Don't, don't <laughs> say that word. It. Only mommy can say that word. <laughs> yeah, don't say talk that. about <laughs> it. You can talk don't about our upcoming agenda too. Because normally, like, I, I feel like, you know, Harper always, like, tampers himself down. And so then it's just me. <laughs> yeah. Swearing it's just you time. at the mouth. So yeah. We're all sailors it. here. Working sailors welcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was, Absolutely. It was so empowering to be in a meeting with women that had shit to do. They had an agenda. Yeah. They had plans. They had fundraising opportunities. They had collaboration brews. And, you know, the Texas Guild is is great. I've had some I made made some amazing friends there, but they don't have the agenda like Pink Boots has. Like right. we are out there educating women, mm-hmm. making sure there are educational opportunities, making sure women know that they belong in the brew house and the guild is cool too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like that speaks so much to the whole thing. You know, you have your friends and like, you know, like we're all fun and we're having a blast together. But then there's the real community that you you roll up your sleeves and you get dirty together. Mm-hmm. And being willing right. to, to do that with each other, I think that speaks volumes oh, yeah. well, for how far you can get someplace. You've been a member longer than the two of us combined, mm-hmm. I think. How did you find Pink Boots? Um, I think for years I'd heard about it and the only chapter was in Austin and I was not technically in craft beer. So I kept asking, Hey, how do we get a chapter here? And was asking some of the people. And then I know some of the ladies that were in the industry started it and started the North Texas chapter. And, um, I think going to my first pink boots meeting, going to my first guild meeting, all of those were, I'm an extrovert, or an introvert, sorry. I'm an extroverted introvert, so uh, it takes a lot of energy for me, and I have a lot of anxiety over social interactions. So, like, those were very scary for me to go into, but it was a lot scarier for me to go into the guild meetings than it was the Pink Boots meeting. Yeah. Um, I think more just because I already knew I had something in common. Even though I was meeting everybody, I don't think I really knew... I think Carly from Collective was there, oh, and I didn't Carly. know anybody else. And it was at a, a, it was when Georgie, who is now at um, Eureka Heights, in, isn't it Eureka Heights she's at? With? I think so. I could be wrong. Anyways, she's at a brewery in Houston now. She moved to Houston. Um, but Georgie was leaving the chapter, and um, she was a brewer at Pedicolis. And um, so, there was probably, I don't know, eight or 10 ladies there. Um, and uh, it was it was just nice to get to know everybody. It wasn't anything super great. I think they went through like a barrel aging program PowerPoint or something like that. So it was educational. So it also, you know, it wasn't just people networking around you that all knew each other and mm-hmm. you're feeling left out. You had the, the presentation, it kind of just, everybody was doing the same thing, could ask, was learning something new. I felt like that broke down some barriers. I was 
paralyzed going into my first guild meeting. And um, because it is networking, and so mm -hmm. it does get a little, it can be a little clicky or feel that way when you're first coming in if you don't know anybody. Sure. Um, and so to me, that it was a little easier to go into that because it just broke down those walls and people all of a sudden were, hey, what are you doing? Who are you? You know, those kinds of things. Whereas mm -hmm. uh, it was a little bit more intimidating going into the guild meeting. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was just thinking, I think we skipped over like what Pink Boots actually is. And I feel like if you're still <laughs> listening, you probably already know. But for the record, we are a group of women who work in the craft brewing industry. And it actually, luckily for me, now includes other fermentation sciences, not just beer. So I get to stay. Um, but the requirements, you know, the technicalities are it's women that make at least a quarter of their income from the brewing industry. Um, that are in the industry or have breweries in planning. And I also think it's important to point out that we welcome everybody. Even if you can't be a member, you still come to the events, come to the collaboration brews, show up at the meeting, because one day you might want to be. Or you might just love the learning and the fellowship of being with women that also love beer and kombucha and cider and wine and whatever else. So, yeah. I thought, yeah. And our core tenants are to assist, inspire, encourage through education. That is our focus. It's awesome. Because we're a bunch of nerds. <laughs> and it's not just a glorified book club where, you know, we say that we're going to talk about beer and it's just a reason to get together and drink. It, it really is the education, the working on things. We've even had mental health check-ins. Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, we all write kind of something that's on our mind anonymously and put it in a jar and just kind of talk about it. And then that way other people can give feedback, even though they don't know who has, has that issue. Yeah. Um, especially this year, mental health has been no, a big kidding. player in yeah. all our lives. But then and we do educational stuff, yeah. too. Harper led us through a how to write a recipe class. Yes. Jordan led us through a how to clean lines class. You I'm did hoping an IPA class. Did an IPA class because oh, yeah. I like IPAs. I'm hoping <laughs> that Jordan will do an off flavors class yes, at our Jordan. upcoming event. <laughs> and we've had other all flavors classes in the past as well. Nice. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of off flavors, and you. It doesn't matter how many times you do an off flavor, you always. It's always good to have that again. Yeah. Um, it's gross, but you oh, have to yeah. keep yeah. practicing so you can pick them up in the wild. Yeah. Yeah. There's some I don't really. I know I don't need. No, for acid. years, mm -hmm. like I would, yeah. I would taste something, and I would just think that it was a beer that I didn't like. And then yeah. now, now I know. And now your knowledge I'm, has ruined beer for you, right? It really has. <laughs> no, now I'm like, oh, it's an actual off flavor. It's not just me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, being educated in that way is like it's wonderful and it's terrible because you get to learn so much about beers, but then also you get to be really sensitive about picking up off flavors in people's beers. <laughs> <laughs> and it will ruin beer for you. Right? <laughs> In a oh, good way, man. I think. It's like becoming a, a beer sommelier. And I say sommelier on purpose, not Cicerone, because um, it's about having that um, <laughs> that aspect of it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, like, oh, this is not good. We're going to pour that down the drain. Yeah. Right? <laughs> oh, man. I used to feel so bad whenever I wouldn't finish a beer. But I'm like, I don't like it. I don't know why. Oh, now, now, okay. Yeah, it's no, like putting down a book that's no good. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> Save right. yourself. And we're getting ready to teach uh, all the fermentation styles this weekend. So we're going to give women the experience, the greater public as well, experience on just how to brew different 
things. Oh, awesome. Um, different, you know, styles of fermentation, uh, as well as give folks the opportunity to receive mentorship from these lovely women who are professionals in fermentation styles um, so that folks who don't know can get in the know and then we can bring more women into the fold that way. So folks who have never approached it, don't know what they can do, uh, don't know where they can fit in. We're working now to, to grow those women and that knowledge base. Tell us more. What day, what time, where, what <laughs> for? November 7th, this Saturday. It will be in Grandview at Kittle Family Ranch, and it is the Learn to Homebrew Day, both in person and virtual. Beautiful. Where can they find more information as far as, like, do they need to sign up for this? Do they just show up? Like, what do they do? Uh, Beersgiving.info has all the ticket information, both for virtual and in person. Beautiful. That's awesome. So, let's see. So, what are some ways, um, well, I guess we kind of covered that. How um, how can people join Pink Boots? How can they get involved? How they how can they volunteer? What are some ways that that looks like? Um, for right now, I think definitely uh, this Saturday, the Learn to Homebrew Day is a great way to mm -hmm. get your feet wet. Mm -hmm. If you're not sure if it's something you want to get into or you're not sure if there's a place for you, I think that that day is going to be really pivotal because it's going to give women uh, an access to women out of the country. Uh, women around the country and women who are right here in DFW is going to give them access to them, to speak to them, ask them questions, and see things behind the scenes that they've never seen before. So they can begin to build up their vocabulary on what to talk about, what questions to ask, and just knowing what you don't know when you walk through the doors of a facility that you might want to get a job in. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we're going to be doing some networking things and having some meetings, but we have a really important retreat coming up on January 3rd where we're doing growth and planning. And that's going to be a, an intensive 24 hours, come talk about your skills, learn where you can fit in in the fermentation industry, and then also grow your resume. So anyone who's out there who might be intimidated, who might be insecure, or feel like they're doing more than they're getting credit for, that will be the opportunity to come into the fold. Which honestly is probably the grand majority of us, because honestly, like as women, like we are constantly putting that on ourselves mm -hmm. of oh, well, I'll just step back. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, we always apologize for ourselves. So that's incredible. Yeah. In my crazy New Yorker self, I don't want to see that anymore. I want right. to see yes. women stand up and be like, instead of Damn going that and saying, oh, Charm. I'm a helper. I help out on production day and right? make sure they have everything they need. I want women to stand up and be like, I'm a boss production specialist. Absolutely. And shit don't happen it's time on package day unless uh -huh. I'm there. That's part of why yes. brew days, the collaboration brew days are so great. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we did one recently with Wild Acre. And I felt like during the brew day, we earned their trust. Yeah. We took over and they stepped back mm -hmm. as they understood that we knew what we were doing and it felt really good to yeah. just like hey we we got the malt we're gonna put this in we're watching the temperature we've got this all right we're we're loudering we, we got all this going on and we're paying attention to it and kind of throughout the day I could like see them start to relax like yeah. okay and they step back and they let us do it you know and yeah and some breweries want to be more involved and some want to be less involved and let us take the lead but it felt good to kind of like earn that trust through yeah. our actions and 
And then we got to, you know, Danny was leading and I was there and we were kind of like helping everybody else that may not brew every day understand mm -hmm. what was going on. And we ended up with a seller person showing up and she was like, oh, yeah, great. She's just hooking everything up. And it was it was good. It was very empowering to to see that transition of, OK, they think that they're here and they have to do everything. And then they realize that we can actually do the things. I <laughs> yeah. love it. I love that y'all are rewriting that because, I, I mean, you know, it has been for so long a very male driven industry. And so to be able to rewrite that for some of them, I think. I, I, I think that there's so many of, of the men in this industry that are very welcoming, but they just, it's not forefront in their mind. It's not obvious to them that women are here and it's, apart and can do these things. It's one of those things that it is, it's just like a unintentional bias. Yeah. Um, so I think now we have about 35 to 40% of craft beer drinkers are women. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's just been growing and growing and growing. However, you still have less than 10% that actually work in brewing. Right. And, um, you know, that's, that's something that we're working on changing. But because you have more people drinking craft beer, more women drinking craft beer, naturally you'll start to get more that get into the brew house. We just have to help kind of pave that path and make sure that any of those unintentional biases, uh, that we help break those down or at least kind of tamper them down a little bit. I know one of the things that I got a lot when opening Funky Picnic was, oh, so you're opening a brewery with your husband or with your boyfriend. Right. And these are people that have either known me for forever or just met me. And I'm like, I'm single. I don't know where you think this fictional husband or boyfriend's coming from, but no, this is my passion. Yeah. I don't have to, it doesn't have to ride on the coattails of anybody else's passion. And really, that's not a problem question in itself. The problem is, is when I asked the other um, owners of breweries that are male in this area, and I said, did you ever get asked, so you're opening a brewery with your wife? Mm. And they were like, no. Mm. I was like, that's the first question everyone asked me. Yeah. Right. It's the first thing that comes to their mind. And I was like, it's not a wrong question. It's mm -hmm. just that that should not be your first thought is a woman's opening a brewery because they're doing it with some, with a man. Right. Um, unless you're also your first thought with a man is so you're opening this with a wife or, you know, um, your significant, significant other. Right. Um, and I think that's just the, one of those biases to break down. Uh, or I know Betsy has been asked a lot, Oh, you're a brewer. So you're a home brewer. Yeah. She's like, no. You're a home brewer, right? I'm like, no, they fucking pay me. <laughs> no, this is my job. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just point out that the difference between home brewing and pro brewing is that in pro brewing, men with guns can come in and shut you down. So there is a lot more pressure to be in right. compliance. Whereas yeah. home brewing, nobody cares. Exactly. <laughs> so it's a big deal that yeah. we are pro brewers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's the same as I cook at home. I do not pretend that I can come in, and this is me owning a restaurant, I do not pretend that I can come in and run a kitchen as a chef. It's a big difference between doing it at home and running it on a larger scale um, yeah. and with multiple employees, with larger scale systems. Um, you need a science, engineering, uh, all kinds of backgrounds to be able to do that, or several people in your wheelhouse to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Like here at Funky Picnic, Mike, Michael Harper is our like one man crew back there. Uh, although he has a network of people that he can ask questions when he's unsure of things and yeah. so that he can double check. And, and that's where Pink Boots helps is that 
We don't expect anybody to have those things, but we can help you get there. So we can bridge you between cooking at home and, and running a kitchen or running a brew house. Uh, we can help be that network, like Betsy was saying earlier, of asking questions about you know, brewing kombucha or about uh, licensing and regulations or what to do with the dented fermenter that's arrived, whether that's okay to use or whether you should send it back. Uh, yeah. All of those things. I, I had to find a network and create a network before we opened this. And so many of, you know, the local breweries got texts from me at all hours of the day. <laughs> and sometimes they were too busy and didn't answer. And that was fine. I just went on to my next contact until I got the answer or I kept Googling until I found it myself. And it's just that persistence. And But having those contacts makes you feel not as on your own in it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think a huge part of advocacy is knowing what to advocate for. So, I mean, if you don't know all the details of what to advocate for, how do you know to advocate for it? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that that's a huge part that comes with community of, of being able to help others say, oh, no, 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 this is what you need. Be able to stand up for yourself in this. Like, no, 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 just tell them this. Yeah. I mean, whether it's, you know, licensing or, or packaging or, you know, any, any of that brew system. So I think that's incredible. So how can people join like I know you know we have our brew day coming up on on Saturday if people are like ready to like throw down they're like let's sign up right now how can so they you, sign up you can go to the website and sign up pinkbootsociety.org okay. uh, you can go to membership choose the I think we finally got it changed to NTX or uh, North Texas instead of Northern Texas chapter, which we were for a while <laughs> by obviously Northerners who don't understand Texas. Um, <laughs> but uh, also we don't expect you, it does cost, uh, I think it's a $35 membership fee, annual membership fee right now. Um, come out, check it out, meet some people, make sure mm -hmm. that it's right for you. You know you don't have to throw down the money and commit to a year long and $35 that's tight for everybody this year. Things sure. are difficult, especially if you're in the industry. Um, so I think the email is pbsntx at pinkbootssociety.org. Yes. Email. These are your co-chapter leaders. They'll help you know what things are coming up and, and then, you know, you'll have that introduction at least through email uh, to be able to introduce you at those things uh, so that if maybe this this week doesn't work for you, maybe our next meeting or the January 3rd or whatever, we'll get you into the fold uh, so that you can check us out, make sure that it's really something that fits you. You don't have to completely yeah. commit to an annual membership right off There's the bat. There's also at least one scholarship for the membership fees available. So if that's something, if you want to be a member but you don't have the money for it, then we'll help you out. We'll figure it out. Awesome. You can you can be there until you got the money for it, or we'll make sure you get a scholarship so you can join. That's awesome. And I think it's important that women who want to join come out because um, it's about us coming together. It's not about paying a dues and then just saying, okay, I've got a number, right? Yeah. It's really about us coming together. Like we all got together recently to bring a new woman in beer into the fold and mm -hmm. we all got dressed and we went out to her and we basically just kind of like, I don't know, shrouded her mm. with, with our company, with our business, with our advice, with our conversation and made her feel welcomed. And she was able to say to us, I'm already signed up, I've got my number. Shout mm, out to incredible. Veronica Vector. Um, but I think it's really important that it's women understand, especially here in North Texas, that it's more than you simply paying dues and, and saying you have a membership number. Yeah. Like, 
I, honestly, we're more about you coming and connecting with us first and foremost, yeah. and feeling like you're getting benefit and adding to our community, than put slapping down some money. You know what I mean? Because you can also you just make a donation. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but yeah. come, be a part of the community, share your knowledge, gain knowledge, and that's what makes us North Texas uh, Pink Boots Chapter unique. That's awesome. Yeah, I think a lot of you know, every chapter is run differently, but what we always said was most important to us is that all women felt welcome. If you are a woman in the industry, a woman who appreciates craft beer, or a supporter of women in craft beer, then, then we want you there. We'll find a place for you, even if your membership isn't official. And membership isn't the most important part, but um, if you do work for a bigger brewery, often they will pay your dues for you. Um, nobody knew it until I showed up, but Four Corners will pay your dues. So if you work with me and you're not a member yet, Come Good on. To know. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So how can we find Pink Boots on Instagram? How can we find you guys on Instagram? Where can we find you guys? PBSNTX on Instagram. Okay. And it's, I always get this mixed up. It's Pink Boots North Texas chapter or North Texas chapter Pink Boots on Facebook? I yeah, get the word. I think it's Pink Boots NTX chapter. We'll put okay. some show notes. Yes, please. <laughs> but on Instagram, PBSNTX, um, we're active on there. And uh, you can find me, American Woman in Beer, on Instagram. Yeah, Betsy the Beer Ninja, if you feel like following my adventures. It's mostly just about how I dress myself poorly, though. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I am always greatly appreciating your post, though. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> it, yeah, I've, I've got a thing going uh, called Who Dressed Me? And it turns out it's me. I did this. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am Sam I am underscore 76249 because I don't change anything since I was like 12 years old and had my first email. Um, <laughs> So that is crumb zip code, if you don't know where I'm nice. from. <laughs> nice. uh, and it's just pictures of the outdoors or my dog or recently in stories. I was posting pictures of all my Halloween costumes last week. I mean, who doesn't <laughs> <Nice>. love that? <laughs> who doesn't love that? Um, cool. And for the, the pink boots, again, I will say the email was, because uh, that's also a good way to get a hold of um, us, is pbsntx at p-i-n-k. B O O T S S O C I E T Y dot org. Did you O-R-G. rehearse that? <laughs> no. <laughs> if you are just listening to this and not watching the video with this, you need to go watch the video to see the dance that went along with that. It was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing. Now we need pom poms and like little skirts. I we had, do. I had a server that was a cheerleader on Saturday, and she had her pom poms with her handheld. So she, she like <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Tied them to the handheld, so she always had them with the her. That's, that's so very nice. <laughs> well, I am so thrilled to have talked with y'all this evening. Y'all were fantastic. Um, yeah. Gosh, everybody. So subscribe to Drinking on a Blanket. Um, Press that like and subscribe button. Smash that like and subscribe button. <laughs> Do it now. Do it now. Oh, and please share with people who you like and don't like. Absolutely. Share this around. I feel like this is invaluable information for the community, for the craft beer community. Um, we Here at Funky Picnic, we really, as Sam talked about, we want to hold space for, for everyone. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, if you know anybody that's at all remotely interested in this field, send this on to them. Um, yeah, we are thrilled. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, and read, reach out. 
to any of us. I think uh, anybody will help if you just want to start homebrewing at home. Yeah. That's always a good way just to explore. In your um, apartment. Yeah. 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 We're your, nerds. We'll talk to you about beer. Yeah. <laughs> or, or we might and, show up. And, <laughs> and help you find the resources close to you. I know here, um, Texas Brewing Inc., Stubby and everybody that works there uh, are amazing resources for getting started. Mm -hmm. They will taste your beers, help you make it better. They will tell you what you need to get started. Uh, all of that help you grow as a brewer. That's We still now all of the grain that's here, most of that's coming from them as well as a lot of our other ingredients because mm -hmm. they have a pro supply now because so many home brewers open breweries because they helped coach them through that. So mm -hmm. um, we can help you get all kinds of networking, not just with the women in the industry, but with uh, all of the people in the industry that can help you succeed, even if it's just on the homebrew level. Um, not adjust, but you know that's where we all started one way or the other. And uh, it, it helps you learn, even if it makes you learn that you don't ever wanna do that again. And you just wanna enjoy good craft beer. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you, sanitize do, that, another maybe you bottle. do that by getting into a saleswoman <laughs> position. Right. You know. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks again, y'all. Well, this has been Drinking on a Blanket. I'm Amanda. And we'll see you next time. Cheers. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Peace Bye. out. <laughs>